With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are live. <laughs> We are live, Matt. How you doing? How you feeling? Vibes. Vibe um, check. I was really, really worried about this game. I don't know why. I think it was Lisbon on Thursday night. I think it was a tough London Derby. I really could see us struggling today. I thought it was one of those, one of the one of the five games of the twelve, probably or whatever that that I could see us dropping points in, and not a chance. Where not, are you right now? I am in Mexico. Oh, lovely! Have you had a have you had a spicy mug yet? Uh, not yet, not yet. Got in, got in last night, so might be a bit early. I'm having a a kombucha. It's 11 a.m. Kombucha? Kombucha? <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Um, we've got a quick show today for everybody listening. So we're going to zip through it because uh, people are on vacation. They need to see their families. Uh, and I'm on the ground in Austin. Uh, so why don't we just bang right into it? Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I I'm sorry. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Arsenal have just played Fulham away from home. We've become the first club ever to play in our away games in the North, in the London derbies and not concede a single goal, if I'm correct. Uh, it was an outrageous performance. I think a lot of Arsenal fans in the base thought that we might slip up today. Burnt Leno masterclass was on our mind. Mitrovic bullying our defenders. It didn't happen. Welcome to the show, Matt Candela. He's joining live from Mexico. How you doing, Matt? Um, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I, I It was a joy to watch. I was trying to find some dodgy streams because uh, none of the usual services worked in Mexico. Thank you for all the people who helped me out on Twitter. Finding Arsenal on streams is a nightmare, though. They keep going down. They keep getting ads for Viagra, all that sort of shit. But I made it through most of the game, saw all the goals, uh, and it's wonderful. 
100 wins for Super Mikala. Oh. Arsenal have got 11 games. 11 games to go in the Premier League. We're top of the league. Uh, Gabby Jesus rejoined. Trossard had a masterclass. Matt, there are so many places you could take the AOP hottest of takes, but I'm going to go to you right now. Matt Candela, hottest of takes. Make it spicy. My hottest of takes is that we all loved last weekend. You know, it was such an amazing feeling when Reese Nelson banged that ball in the net. Um, but I think one of the things on the back of our mind, one of the nervous ticks that we were beginning to get was it shouldn't be this hard and this emotional all the time it felt like we were just managing to 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 clutch victories from the jaws of defeat on a consistent basis and you just got the sense that we wouldn't be able to keep doing that eventually we were going to start dropping points so what was so wonderful about today was just how fresh we looked how professional we looked uh how fluid we looked uh, it just looked like a real champion's performance. It looked easy. It looked like we had, had another few gears to go up to. Um, it didn't feel so stressful, which was great. And you just sort of feel like we are in perfect form. We've got the players coming back. We are not clinging on, but we are ready to go and give the next 11 games everything we've got. So my hottest of takes is you really feel like we've really put ourselves in an incredible, incredible position uh, to make it happen. And if you're watching this right now, I can see a lot of you in the room. Smack that like button. Smack it right now. Otherwise, there's no hottest of takes from me. There we go. Um, my hottest of takes, uh, things start to get really interesting in the Premier League now. Really, really interesting because fixture pileups are coming Manchester City's way. They've got Leipzig in the Champions League on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. If they go through, uh, that's quarterfinal time for them. They can start to smell that Champions League glory. We know there's only one trophy Pep really cares about at the moment, and it's the one that he hasn't won for a very long time. He needs that Champions League trophy to cement his legacy. Otherwise, he's just a manager that didn't spend his money to the full effect. Then at the weekend, Manchester City have an easy game against Burnley in the FA Cup. If they can move to the semifinals of the FA Cup, there is a high probability that they might have a difficult game against Manchester United. But what this really means is Manchester City during April and May start to go to three games a week, every week. Something is going to have to give. That's why I'm not too fussed if we go out of the Europa League because those three games a week are really going to start to tell. So Arsenal have just really... Arsenal have pushed the agenda back onto Manchester City. They've Manchester City have got Liverpool-like problems now. They haven't been convincing on the road. Um, they look tired... And they look like they're capable of dropping points. Arsenal have got through their blip and we look we look like the champions in waiting. So I think that um, things are going to start to get complicated for Manchester City. And I think I, I think we're going to see um, a, a, a case of prioritisation. Where do Man City want to do? Where do they want to go? And if we keep up this run, I think Manchester City might just say, hey, better to roll the dice on the Champions League because we don't want to be in a situation like Liverpool were last season where they didn't win either. All right, man, let's get into the game. Uh, we're going to start this one because I love I love a little pun. Trust the process. Oh, oh. Uh, Arsenal missed out on a £100 million player in Mudrick in January. Our second option was uh, Leo Trossard. Uh, a few fans were a little bit disappointed. Um, but he was coming, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't as fancy. Um, 
you know, he's coming from Brighton, only 25 million pounds. Sometimes fans get a bit caught up in uh, transfer price. But Matt, what a masterclass the Belgian on today. He was sensational all game. Um, what did you make of that performance? Um, I, I can't, there's, there's some stat going around about being the first player to get a hat-trick of assists in a single half. And it's a good one. I don't know what it is. But Matt, talk to me about Trossard and what he's bringing to this Arsenal side. Yeah, I think the stat is uh, first player to get a hat-trick in the first half of an away game. No. There is a statistic for anything. But I love that one. I love that one. One of my favourite moments, though, just watching the Trossard masterclass in that first half was getting a text from a Chelsea fan going, wow, Trossard really is playing <laughs> so well. And, you know, we were all, like you said, we were all disappointed when we didn't get Mudrick. And it just shows how blind football fans are. We didn't get potential. We got ready-made. You know, we got uh, a 27-year-old in his prime, knows the league. And then you're looking at how Mudrick is struggling at Chelsea. You know, I think what, they're celebrating one assist yesterday. Finally got an assist uh, to get off the mark. So, you know, it's just an, a wonderful piece of business. And we keep, our second choices keep delivering. We didn't get Lisandro Martinez, but Zinchenko delivered. We didn't get Mudrick, but Trossard delivered. You just feel like, you know, even, the fate is really, really smiling on us. And today, I mean, he just looks like he's been playing at Arsenal for years. Um, he just, I feel like he recognises at 27 um, how great this opportunity is. He wants to seize it. But he's just so fluid. He's so two-footed. I think see a lot of comparisons with Santi Cazorla. But the hardest thing in football is end product, assists and goals. And he just is delivering. He's been delivering right from the off. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's difficult to forget that we thought he might be out for a month. Uh, but no, he's, 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 he was back today. He could have been rusty. He wasn't. And uh, he's really, we're going to look back if we win the league and, and Trossard will be, could be the reason when we look back at the goals and assists and what he's bought. Oh, I think we're getting a bit of a flex here. We've got man like Johnny Cochran in the room. He's got, uh, he's, he's got his, he's got his, I hope it's his child. <laughs> I hope it's his child on his knee. I can confirm. This is my brood. Yes. Uh, haven't been kid snatching, no. Uh, yeah, it's mine. It's mine. Um, and he's delighted as well. Delighted by what we've just witnessed. Wow. Well, I hope the authorities on on uh, the show asking why we've got children presenting. Uh, but Johnny, <laughs> you're looking incredibly smug right now. It's absolutely radiating from your face. I love the shirt. You're on vacation. Uh, talk to me about, uh, we've got this beautiful headline at the moment. Trust the process. Uh, talk to me about um, Trussy today. What did you make of that performance? Um, are we feeling any pangs of regret about what happened in January now? No, this is the thing, and I'm pleased that you're starting with him. You know, the trust pots are in full, full voice right now. <laughs> it is looking like if we were going to win it, there were a couple of things that were going to have to happen. One of the things was going to be that, you know, injuries to a certain extent was going to have to go away. And the second thing was that our January additions were going to have to have an impact. And quite frankly, Leandro Trossard right now is looking like when we got all a bit excited about what Eddie was doing. I mean, that buzzes someone. The air has been let out of that balloon a little bit because Trossard's coming in and he's absolutely running the show. Right now, he looks like... 
he has given us that gear where City went to that level where they no longer played with a striker, not a striker in, you know, real terms, if you like. It was a, a false nine who was just linking play. Three assists in the first half at an away venue, the first time that's ever happened in the Premier League. And at the end of the day, when people do stuff like that, you have to stand up and take a pay attention. He looks like he's been playing with Arsenal for years. Absolutely scintillating stuff. His close control is dazzling. It's got Cazorla vibes. I'll give a shout out to at Cockney Douche as well, a friend of the pod. He was saying uh, Santi Trossola. So there you go, Santi Trossola. I mean, it's that kind of vibes. Um, it is. It's Santi feet, very pretty feet in tight areas, but he's linking play and it isn't limited to Trossard and his own ability. If you look at the way that um, Martinelli has started to really shine in recent weeks, when playing alongside Trossard, who brings him into the game, who links the play, it really has got us back to our swash, swashbuckling, swashbuckling best. Oh. Um, sorry, I have had a few holiday beers. Sorry, <laughs> Matt, we're not on the blue labels now, mate. We're on the real stuff. And uh, I can't even get swashbuckling out these days. But I tell you what, I'm feeling good. All the gooners should be. It was a wonderful performance. And uh, and when City is struggling to get over the line, we are handling our business with style. Great to see. 540 people in the room right now. Smack that like button, please. <laughs> we got to 10,000 people watched the YouTube video last week. Unbelievable stuff. Um, okay, and just... just... To, to statistics, um, Trossard has eight goals and eight assists in the Premier League this season, which is uh, which is fantastic from a numbers perspective. Um, another player that I just wanted to highlight, um, Martin Erdegaard, uh, is now at nine goals and seven assists this year. He could get double digits for goals and assists. Eleven games to go. You wouldn't rule it out. OK, um, let's move on to uh, the, the second part, uh, because I think it's pretty important. Uh Euro fatigue. Arsenal put on an absolute masterclass of a performance. And Matt, I know that you are kind of more in the Mikel Arteta camp where you're like, just get on with it. Just just get on with it. Um, but do you think that Mikel Arteta basically saying, I don't believe in fatigue if you want to be at the highest level. Do you think that that's kind of willing the players on? Because we've had many years where it's like after we play a Champions League game or Europa League game, we are dead on our feet on Sunday. That was That looked like we had two weeks off. Well, there's there's a, there's a couple of things, right? And I think the first one is, you know, I, I do worry about fatigue. Um, but somehow, under the radar, we've gone from a team with absolutely no depth and only a first 11, basically at the beginning of the season, to a team that's actually got a ton of depth. And I think, I don't know about you, but my WhatsApp groups this morning were like looking at the uh, the bench today and going... What happened at Arsenal? Because our bench today was uh, Tierney, Reese Nelson, Gabriel Jesus, Emil Smith Rowe, Tommy Yasu, Jorginho, and Fabio Vieira, as well as Matt Turner and Rob Holding. But that doesn't play into my narrative, so I'm omitting them for a little bit. But what a bench! Smith Rowe, Jesus, Jorginho, Vieira, Tierney, and so you think about it now, and it's it, that old narrative of we've only got we've got a really thin squad and we can't compete on all fronts, has really is really really changing. One through the development of the younger players, two through players coming back from injury, three through the January uh, uh, introductions, 
And so it just means that we 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 are able to grapple with Champions League and three games a week a lot better than we used to be, which is fantastic. The one player I worry about is Saka, because he's the one who gets has to play all the games. But today, and I did get this feeling, I don't know about you guys, but when we were watching the Lisbon game, that he was he was sort of operating at like 60%. I felt like he had his mind on Craven Cottage because I thought he's fantastic today. I saw a few people saying. They, they weren't so impressed but his touch his control his passing his decision making it's always a plus and uh, and it was just just fantastic Johnny they used to say uh, Steve Jobs had uh, the ability uh, to bend reality is Mikel Arteta bending reality for these players who just don't look tired has he convinced them that the fatigue they're feeling doesn't really exist to not believe their lying bodies Johnny what do you make of Arsenal coming out the traps like that after a pretty difficult game against Sporting in the week? Well, kind of Matt's stolen a beat on me a little bit here because um, I was going to say it's the, it's the kind of gift and the curse. I buy into what Arteta says in the, in the sense that in the long run or in the medium to long term, these players all better get to know that we expect good games every three days. That's what it takes to play for Arsenal top club. People have forgot it. For a while, because we haven't been needed to, you know, we're we're going away on Thursday nights to play teams like young young boys and random teams. All our top players ready to step up against them on a Thursday night. They're not interested. They're not interested till the latter stages of Europa Champions Leagues. It, it, it's go time from day dot. You've got to be playing top top football straight away, and obviously Premier League requires maximum effort all the time. That being said. I love the message that is being um, kind of transposed to uh, Bukayo Saka because I think that he is absolutely the talisman. And I believe that Arteta, like many top coaches, they look to their talisman and they say, I need you all the time. I'm sorry, but it's you all the time. You are going to have to be there. And even when you're tired, you're going to have to be there. So I appreciate that he's doing that with Saka. But for me, Saka looked a little bit, a little bit fatigued. I was very pleased to see him off at 70. I called it that he needed to come off. He's the one player where, for me, if he gets injured and he's suddenly two months out, it just completely changes the shape of that running. I really feel like the way things are with Jorginho filling in for party, with our, you know, suddenly a plethora of options going forward, I do feel like most players, if they were out for a few games, we could cover for. Saka is the difference in big games and we are going to need him. But that being said, he's 21. He's still got you know, the vitality in youth to be able to get over the line uh, and be able to play that that often. But I feel like now we are really starting to be able to see the benefit of adding quality, quality additions and supplements to our squad in January. Because if, if just, just let's do a little thought experiment. If we hadn't, when you think about last season, where we didn't sign any players in January, if we hadn't have signed Trossard, and hadn't signed Jorginho, where do you think we would be right now? Where do you think we'd be? Because I tell you what, there are some games where it's obvious because we just would have lost. Uh, the Villa game, Jorginho, you know, was absolutely instrumental. The game today, Trossard, if Eddie Nketiah is playing up front, I think that is a, a nip and tuck game where we even win. That's, that's the reality of it. And I feel like these signings have given us an extra liberty. They've given us... Um, you know, strength for the legs, and they freshen up the squad. That's why it's so important. It, it it gives us a new verve to be able to play with. Um, so 
In terms of the overall question about Euro fatigue, I'm not really expecting it. I think we've relatively managed the squad quite well. I think there are players that are coming back in that are now going to be playing big minutes in the form of Jesus. Smith Rowe, I want to be seeing more of, of course. But ultimately, there's one red hotspot where we know that we have to be particularly careful with, and that is our best player. And hopefully, if we can manage his fitness, I feel like we're looking better than City right now. And goodness gracious me, if we get this league over the line, what an achievement it'll be. Unbelievable. Right. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, one of the players of uh, 2023, if we're totally honest. Gabby Goal. Um, Gabriel Martinelli has been absolutely incredible. Um, he seems to be growing with each game. Uh, he's a difference maker now. He can play on the left. He can play through the middle. Uh, but most importantly, he's clinical today. Could have had... Um, could have had uh, two or three goals out there today. Scored an important one. Uh, Matt, uh, Martinelli's elevated his game. We were saying before Christmas that someone was going to have to step up. It couldn't just be Saka every week. Has our man has our man arisen? Is it, uh, is it Gabby Goal? What do you make of his performance today? Well, I think it shows how fickle we are as Arsenal fans. Because about because four games ago, we were saying he's completely gone off the boil. Uh, and saying he was having a World Cup hangover. Um, and then... Um, and then he came, sort of, it's only in the last four or five games that he's just really put this run together. It sort of coincided with Trossard a little bit, I think, um, as well. I think that's definitely helped. But, you know, the thing I love about Gabriel Martinelli is I think he's got 12 Premier League goals now. There's 11 games to go. I mean, with what we need and what he could deliver, he could be, he could be a 20, he could get 20 goals, 20 Premier League goals this season. Because I, th- I feel like your big players step up when they're needed at the end of the season. So I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he got ended up with twenty Premier League goals. Eight more, you think? What is it? On eight he, or seven? I think he could get. I think he could get eight eight more goals in the final eleven games. Because I think that's going to be needed. Uh, I think it's going to be needed. It always gets hotter and spicier at the end. Um, so so I, I I think he could get close to that. I think Saka could get close to that. But the incredible thing about it is there are so many more levels to him. Like, I don't think we've even began to touch the size of what he could become. And if he's getting close to 20 Premier League goals a season now, you look and you go, maybe he could be at 30 Premier League goals in two years. 21 years old. Maybe when he's 25, he's the kind of guy who's getting 40 Premier League goals. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but why not? He can do it. And uh, it's just it's just great to you see. You back on the beers, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he could score a million goals. Uh, Johnny, Gabriel Martinelli, he's had an up and down season. I feel like parts of the fan base really like to pick on him uh, when he's not at his brilliant best. But tell you what, today, Johnny, he was at his brilliant best. Talk to me about his performance and where do you think his career could go? No, look, the thing is, I do feel like the criticism of him, you know, and he was only, you're allowed to say when players have dipped out of form, and that's what it was with him. He dipped out of form. He was a guy who I think we saw the best of him when Gabby Jesus was playing at the start of the season. Well, guess what? Someone's just risen. Um, You know, it's that kind of time where I feel like Jesus, uh, Martinelli is going to have a frightening end to the season. I really do. I think he's going to be an absolute bully. He's going to rack up the goals. I don't know if I'd go eight more like Matt, but again, you know, we'll see how many, if I have a couple more beers, I might be in there trying to trump you. I'd just like play your cards right. Yeah, higher than that, I'll go with a 10. But um, the, the thing is, is 
now it becomes more patently clear that Martinelli is not a hold-up player. He can't do it on his own. He needs someone to be linking up that play with him, slipping him through. And I think that Trossard provides a wonderful foil to him. Jesus obviously does it when he's playing. But now we're in a situation where we've got options to be able to get the best out of Martinelli. And I really do expect that... He is certainly back to some wonderful form, and I think the running, the running from him is going to be absolutely scintillating. Great to see. I think that the, the people are saying that he's already broken Nicholas Anelka's uh, goal-scoring record as an under-21, which is phenomenal. Because if he's similar to any sort of breakout player that we've had over the years, it does feel like Nicholas Anelka, you know, very direct, great on the ball, um, and uh, like extremely focused. I think the thing that I love about him is everything I hear is that they, like he's an incredible trainer, brilliant attitude. And the most important thing, he loves Arsenal. Like very Ian Wrightish when he said that he just, you know, just put the deal in front of me and I'll get it signed. Uh, it's great to have players like that in a team. Um, Matt, let's, uh, let's talk about some more positives. Um, and I think you two are both going to like it. We don't often give, we don't often talk about both centre-backs. But I'm going to say it right now. I think we have the centre-back pairing from heaven. They perfectly complement each other. It's, uh, it's, it's, it could be Sol Campbell and Colo Torre out there. Uh, I think that Saliba and Gabriel kind of have those vibes. They have a little tiff every now and then, but they deep down, they love each other. Um, Saliba's got a little bit more flair. Gabby's a little bit more aggressive. But the way that those two performed today was fantastic. And you know what I love the most? Gabriel celebrating a defensive action in the 88th minute. That's what we've missed. Uh, Matt, talk to me about this centre-back pairing, how young they are and how high they can go in the game. Oh, God. We've seen, we've had some tough times at centre-half. Jesus Christ. Mustafi, remember him? Oh. <laughs> you know, uh, that was, uh, Socrates was supposed to come in and bring, bring us that bit of character. You know, none of the bad people, but... Jesus, we suffered. Um, and so with these two, I mean, Gabriel, we, I think we've, 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 we've done really well with building him up as a player. You know, over, over the years, I think he's got better and better and better. He's been coached. Um, he's, he's addressed certain things in his game and just, and then Saliba's just a dream. I mean, we just, we, we, I mean, it's brilliant that we got him. I can't believe how good he is. I can't believe how little acclimatization he's taken to the Premier League. But, the other piece of it that I think is 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 important is that they stay fit. You know, I think most teams have trouble playing the same centre half pairing pretty much every game, whereas those two, in a very demanding physical position, have been able to basically stay fit all season. I think they played every single league game together, which is just incredible. So Touchwood, they can keep doing that, but. There's absolutely no limit to, to what they can achieve. They're the foundation upon what our team has built. Ramsdale was shaky today for me. I mean, Jesus. Um, he's lucky we don't concede many shots because, you know, it's like, but, oh. but thank God he's got those two in front of him. So solid, so aggressive, so great on the ball. Saliba's pass for that first goal, I think, was unbelievable. Gabriel, just pure character. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no one I'd swap for them. There's not a single player... I would swap in for them right now because of their chemistry, because they are more than the sum of their parts. It's one plus one it equals three with those. And yeah, long may it continue. I feel like Johnny's in the background psyching himself up for this one because he loves those two players. Johnny, uh, talk to me about William Saliba. You've been backing him uh, for, for three years. You've got a tattoo on your, on your back 
of his face. Are you going to add a second one of Gabriel? Is it time to announce them as a pairing, the combo? Now, the thing is, I know you're expecting me to go down the Saliba route, and that's understandable, but I'm not actually. There's going to be a few things that I say. First of all, to join your analogy of them being a wonderful, you know, duo, double act. They're like Phil and Grant, Bill and Gab. And just like, you know, the the brothers that terrorised Wolford for years. Sorry for all our non-English viewers who don't know these EastEnders references, but still I'm going with it. You know, they can get in the occasional tiff. You know, they they both knocked off Sharon. So they, you know, ended up having a real a real row over that. But still, they'll come back and they'll be their intimidating best anyway. And they'll run a pub like anyone. Bill, Bill and Gab could run a pub in East London. And we know they could. And they'd be scurfing people out for bad behaviour all the time. They really would. But let's give Gabby a little bit more credit, OK? Because there's a lot of people who still come to me. And they give me a lot of grief because I big up Saliba and I'm like, I've not given Gabrielle enough, you know, enough respect. And I have to say, look, this is the moment, okay? Um, I think he has been absolutely unbelievable. In the last, say, 15 games, he's been unbelievable. And he is a guy that provides that physical dominance, the likes of Sol Campbell back in the day, but also a technique. And I love the aggression he plays with, but they complement each other so well. They are the bad boys, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence of our team. And they are, without a doubt for me, the best defensive pairing in Europe. I'm not saying Premier League, I'm saying in Europe. Show me someone better and I'll, tell, I'll call you a liar. Lovely. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, for their age uh, they're, they're, and the maturity that those two show, they don't get sent off all the time. They don't make mistakes. Um they're, they're incredibly focused. They look like uh, seasoned veterans out there. They should not be doing this in the Premier League at 21 and 24 years old. The the sky's the limit with those two. I see a lot of people comparing them to Ferdinand and Vidic, and I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue there. Um, it's a beautiful partnership. The passing is incredible. I think Gabriel's passing has got a lot better throughout the season now. He's a lot braver. Um, and they're a threat from corners every single time. So it's, uh, it's exciting to see. And that fizzing shot. He's 25, Gabriel. But yeah. I think the, the biggest thing for me is that he's improving. You know, he uh, he he had some stuff to work on and he's worked on it. How many players have we seen who just didn't get any better? He came into the team, looked decent, and we go, oh, imagine what they're going to look like in three years or two years. They didn't get any better. They stayed the same. He just keeps getting better and better and better. All right, Matt, let's talk about it. We, we've, we've been waiting for it for a long time. Um, we're not religious, but today we were. And we witnessed Jesus rise. Uh, how good did that feel to see him come off the bench? I don't think he would have come off the bench if it was a tight game. Uh, I think that it was the fact that we killed the game early and it wasn't as high pressure. But my word, the silky little through balls, the jinx, that knee looked strong. Uh, Matt, talk to me about seeing Gabriel Jesus come back in and how important is he going to be for the running? It's It's so important. He's our best player, him and Saka. I mean, now everyone's, we're, we're all playing so well, but I still think and when he was in the team, he was alongside Saka, our best player, and we've missed him for three months. All these people who say, we've had it easy, get in the bin. We we have had it tough. Our best striker, our record signing out for three months, and we've dealt with it, and now he's back. He looks sharp. He looks fit. Um, we've now got another week of training, full week of training before uh, the Palace game. It's fantastic. We managed brilliantly and um, he came on he didn't look rusty 
He looks sharp. He looked ready. He is want, He wants to make up for lost time. And I think there's two games that are going to be uh, where where we where we desperately need him. I think it's Liverpool and I think it's City. I think it's those big away games that are coming up in Newcastle as well. And I I think we're going to get uh, some some uh, some responses. Um, uh, for the rest of the season. I'm looking at comments from the Arsenal opinion. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> how's the Arsenal opinion leaving comments on the Arsenal opinion? Well, M- Matt Fox said that Gabby Gol is a different uh, Brazilian player. And I know he's a different Brazilian player, but not today. He's uh, our Gabby Gol. We, we, uh, we're commandeering his nickname. Um, so, Matt, let's uh, let's take a, a quick look at uh, um, some screens just to sort of get a bit of, uh, bit of context going. Our fixture running is not uh not the easiest so i just wanted to like get a quick glance of it uh we've got arsenal versus sporting on uh, on thursday a home game they've got a couple of players suspended i think that we'll take them at home then we've got uh palace who put in a a, a fairly decent performance against manchester city yesterday no, until no, they no. put in a no they didn't actually i watched it, it was terrible i watched that that was that was they they started playing football on 80, on like 80, 80th minute. Yeah, no, that's true. And they didn't have a single shot on target and they have got nothing up front. It was fairly decent in the sense that they didn't concede. Yeah. Uh, and then they I'll, fucked I'll, it up. I'll agree with that. But but the manner of the way they conceded, they might as well have just thrown the ball in the net themselves. It was absolute embarrassment. Absolutely pony. Um, then we've got Leeds. Leeds have not been very good. But then Arsenal's run gets, um, it gets a little bit naughty, Matt. We've yeah. got um, Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, I thought it was going to be a resurgent Liverpool, but uh, they obviously put paid to that notion yesterday. They could be literally out of everything um, after this week when they play Real Madrid. West Ham, away from home, they've not been good this season, but they are in a bit of a relegation fight. So that could be a tough game. Arsenal versus Southampton at home, no problem. Then it's City uh, and Chelsea within three days. Then it's Newcastle away, where we've got to go for vengeance. Brighton, Forest and Wolves. I mean, it's not an easy run, but I don't think there are many sections of the season where we've been like, oh, wow, we're in an easy run. There's no easy games in the Premier League, Matt. Um, how are you feeling about this running? What, what, are your, what are your key concerns here? Well, I think there's a, right, what are the positives? The positives are last three games of the season are all very winnable. You've got to win those last three if you want to be champions, which is good because I don't think you want a really sticky one. So it's sort of those, I think it's going to be won and lost between April the 26th and May the 6th, to be honest. Um, it's those games. It's the City, it's Chelsea and it's Newcastle. Um, I think we've got, uh, if you scroll up, we've got, we've just got to take it one game at a time because we have the opportunity. The, the thing about the lead is it puts pressure on Manchester City. You know, that every game that we tick off, we're taking maximum points, the pressure ramps up. There's less opportunity to slip up. And so... It's really, really important that we beat Crystal Palace. It's really, really important that we beat Leeds. And the thing about that is just the way that it falls. We could have like a 10-point lead um, just based on how on how the fixtures go. And I just think there's a lot of pressure when you're caught up in a lot of other games. So I'm sort of looking at it in, in different sections. I'm just going, let's just look at the Palace and Leeds game as like a little double act. And then let's just let's just review where we were. Because obviously in that time, City have Liverpool and there's such a rivalry between those two I really feel like Liverpool could still look do that look at this City fixture list Matt they got Leipzig then they've got the quarterfinals next week West Ham has been postponed if 
Manchester City win in the quarterfinals, other games will start getting shifted about. If they get into uh, the next round of the Champions League, more games pile up. I mean, I think they've got, I don't know how easy their running is, you know, like I don't, I don't think, there's a lot of games they've got to play. They've got to play Chelsea. Uh, That might be a difficult game. Brighton is a difficult game away from home. Liverpool is going to be a difficult game. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a rough running for both sides, which is good news. Yeah, well, you know the game that City often often uh, fail at is Southampton away. I was li- looking at some City fans. They're saying, uh, you know, historically Southampton away is a tough game for them. Liverpool's tough. Um, Brighton's tough. Uh, but you know, I think it. I think. I mean, my dream is that we can we can get a result. Because I think if we get a result at City, we win the league. Oh, 100 percent. And I feel, I feel like the way we're playing, we've got enough in the tank. But the key two games here for me, Chelsea's last two games, uh, Brentford and Chelsea, our last two games, Nottingham Forest, Wolves. Uh, so it's getting... I think when you get to those two games, I think City will do the business against both, is my gut feel. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the, next, the next few... I mean, <laughs> I'm speaking the bleeding obvious. I think it's the next, the next few games are crucial. <laughs> We got eleven cup oh, finals. Thanks for that insightful comment, there, Matt. Okay, Matt, we're going to wrap up nice and early today. What's your AOP AOB this week? Oh, AOB is I don't know, I don't know. I'm just, uh, just, just. Well, number one, hit subscribe. Number two, sign up to our Patreon. And number three, just we are we've waited nineteen long years. Jesus Christ, it's been. Uh, We've seen some, the banter years have been long, they've been hard, but we are out of them. We've got 11 cup finals to go. We've just got to take them one game at a time. But if you can't be excited, then there's something wrong with you. I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon about today. I really am. It's absolutely amazing. Um, my AOP, AOB, is hit the subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. There's 780 of you in the room. That's incredible. Click the like as well because that really helps us. And if you are listening to this through your ears on your podcast app, just give us a five-star rating. We are on a title run, and the gold in this podcast framing might be one of the reasons uh, that we're doing it. So thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for joining uh, we'll be back for an on the whistle after the sporting game. Matt's about to go and get his first spicy margarita of the year. Uh, and I am about to go and watch an EMLS uh, Cup final. My guy, Nicholas Ratzek, is in at the quarterfinals. Let's hope that he can bring glory to St. Louis to ESC. Uh, so I'm going to get the outro going. I'm going to turn off that bloody loop and we're going to say ciao for now. <laughs>